When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Every good evening, Malcolm Blight and David Wildey. Sports Day SA, all thanks to Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Polaris end of financial year deals are on now. Get up to $3,000 free accessories on Polaris Rangers. They've extended that deal and done it pretty well. A big show, a big weekend too. Wasn't great for both South Australian teams. No surprise, Port got beat, but they got smashed in Adelaide, leading by three goals at three-quarter time. And a lot of uh, unhappy Crow supporters out there in Crowland as a welcome. One of the greats of the uh, AFL, Sandful, Amateur League, School football. Malcolm Blight, bloody how are you? <laughs> Hello, David Wildey. Yeah, I, oh, thank you. I did have 37 points at the Grange today and, and shared it. Oh, I was going to ask that. 30, yeah, I did. Thank did you. Did you win the money? No, I shared it with John, big John Coudray from oh, the big, Woodville Rockville. Yeah. So that was good. It uh, was a beautiful day out there, wasn't it? It was a beautiful day. Lovely day. We had a, we've been blessed with a few nice days. But um, wasn't a great day for both South Australian teams on the weekend on the Saturday? No, it wasn't. Um, there's been some other good stuff happen over in sport on the weekend. Or oh, can we mention quickly yeah. Carlos Alcaraz? Now, we're going yeah. to speak with um, Brett Phillips a little bit later. Oh, yeah. I set up to 12.47. Yeah, 12.47, the second set finished, and I so do I, don't I? Yeah. I went to bed and I woke up thinking probably Djokovic wins. Um, but it's an amazing game. And this lad's only 20. He's already won two majors. Yeah. And no one else in the world except Alcaraz would have been Djokovic last night. That's how good he is, bloody. Yeah, I did. I watched it too uh, for most of it. I nodded off a few times and then woke up again. But also right at the end, I turned it over and flicked around and I saw the Australian women's cricket team won the oh, Ashes won, series. Yeah. yeah. The, the, a close game, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, six, six off the last ball would have won for the other mob. Anyhow, our girls won. So that's great for them. So, so no underarm. They didn't bring the underarm in like they did no, uh, no, no. back in nineteen eighty. I also flicked around and uh, the great, uh, well, Rory McIlroy won the Scottish Open as well and a lead up to the British Open. He major. played one of the greatest shots I've ever seen to win. The, the, the 18th Rory McIlroy, he needed the birdie to win or par. It was a 468 a yard par four into a headwind. <laughs> Even he was hitting 200 yards in his second shot. He hit a two on, low two on to six feet holes. I mean, the golf is just sensational. First time he's ever won in Scotland. So a lot happening in sport. Yeah. And also we should mention too, and I'll talk to Brett about this a bit later, but I've, I've, John, I've, I've been rehearsing this girl's name. The, the winner of the women's at uh, Wimbledon, Marquita Vondarusova. Vondarusova, yeah. 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 She beat it on the Stabur 6-4, she, 6-4. She was the girl that played Barty at the French Open a few years ago, and they said it was the softest win anyone could have. They actually sort of not mocked Ash Barty, but said, God, anyone could beat this girl. She she just panicked. She's only 19 at the time yeah. and just made mistake after mistake. But she played very well, and it was more the other girl that actually collapsed on the – um, in the in the Wimbledon final, I know we're jumping around a bit, but there is a, some fantastic weekend of sport, and also on I think it was Friday night. Now the Matildas, the soccer team, the one girls, nil? yeah, one 0 over France. Mary Fowler scored the goal. What about the crowd? 
Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Full house. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Women's I mean, sport yeah. in, in the big sports, the yeah. big games has come on in leaps and bounds. Has it ever? And I, I think I saw where France were rated fifth in the world in the women's soccer. Yeah, this is only a, like a friendly though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but, but so. it's a really good indication, isn't yeah. it, where the girls are? And particularly with Sam Kerr, who's the probably player, best player in the world at the moment, yeah. or certainly in the Slight argument. hamstring injury yeah, she got. Yeah, did too. Now, let's, so that's a fair bit of the sport cover. Right. Now, back to, the, back to where, where we started. Where do you want to start? Though. Port of Crows. We're going to start with Port Adelaide. Ooh. Okay. Well, they played first. That's fair. Yeah, it is only fair. Now they got, they got beat by Carlton. It, it looked over early to me, and you can say about seven changes making it. It doesn't help, David. Doesn't help, you know. And you talk about you know the word now is connectivity and all that sort of stuff, and it just doesn't help. They didn't look on though. No, you know, they didn't. Some, no. they've, they've been pretty well on all year, but they yeah. did not look on. No, they don't. And that's where on those sort of days, I reckon you need your experienced players. And I know they've, they've got some kids and da-da-da. And I know Butters came off, which was very you disappointing. You hope he's okay. Yeah, so, oh, you do. I, I couldn't believe – where's he gone in the last quarter? I, I couldn't find him. Yeah, uh, groin, slight groin. I, I thought Rosie still did his stuff. But one of the things – I just – this is – I reckon Port Adelaide have had almost two legends of the football club. Tom Jonas, the captain, and Travis, Travis Boak. Yeah. Both of them didn't have great days. Now, you know, I mean – I. I've been enamoured with him. You know, we've all loved him. Tommy fell over a few times. He, he didn't quite get to the ball. I he just, looked rusty. Yeah. He looked as though he hadn't played in that. Or hadn't. No, he hadn't. And, and Travis Spoke just overran the ball. It just wobbled through. I mean, I've, Travis, you know, we all love him. And I just thought that, you know, just when you needed all those things to happen, and I'm not just picking on two players here, but they are the two leaders of the club, captains of the club or former captains, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work for you. So they both had, I thought, pretty average games. So I, Travis I just, carrying an injury. Well, I, I had that. I'll tell you what happened. At the start of the year, remember he got that rib? Right, that re- rib. a rib. And I, can I just say, and I'm, I thought he leaned away from the ball. And I'll tell you now, I've had some rib injuries, and you oh, do well. lean away from the ball, don't you? When you just, you know, you, you can play, oh. but you just go, oh, no. And he got I'm not smashed gonna, too. Yeah, yeah, Burton yeah, kicked yeah, a ball yeah. to him, and he got absolutely yeah, bollocks. It just didn't look right to me. And, and Tommy looked out of sorts a bit. So, so I mean, the, for, for two players that I've actually loved, the football world's loved, I just hope, I hope, Ken now, Ken Hinkley, the coach and the coaching staff, and get, get into their head somehow and res, not resurrect this season, but just get them back on track. They both had wonderful careers yeah. in, in different ways. Yeah. Uh, Tom's just been that resolute defender. But where do you play him? The, the question I ask you, and... and and there are teams now trying to isolate him, expose yeah. him. It started with Rankin was the first time I saw yeah. it. I thought, that's yeah. a bad matchup. Yeah. But, but um, if Tom comes in, now they've got Collingwood this week. Collingwood don't have a tall forward line. Other than the big fella. Um, they can play Cox, Cox or yeah, Cameron. Cox, yeah. but, but that's at Lear's job. But their main forwards are Elliot um, and Ash Johnson at the moment. And my check if he, if comes, he comes back. Get, yeah. So do you get by with a – now there's no McKenzie. So you get by with the Lear – Bergman plays tall. Burton plays tall. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, maybe. I mean, you're, so you're the coach. Call. And yeah, I, it's I, a tough call. I hate... O- on form, on form, I'd say that's what you'd do. On it's form. It's going to be a... Re- but, but he's got credit points, Jonas. He's got credit points. It's just whether the Hinkley, Ken Hinkley and the coaching staff believe there's a bit left. Can a game pass you by just oh, like that? Absolutely. Within... I've seen... I, Andrew Gaff, I'd absolutely written him off. Actually, came on as a sub yesterday and played a right. But um, didn't have a lot of opposition. But um, I don't know. Look, as I said, ho- hopefully Tom gets another chance, can go well. And Travis Boak, I don't think really 
has lit up the season at all. He's had a couple of games. He was he was always the 25, 30 yeah, position was, man. Yeah. Now it's, you know, 12 to 18. And don't forget, you've got Butters and Rosie taking over some spots in the middle there. And, and Mines is the other one. He played okay. Wasn't anything. Don't notice Ollie play. much anymore. Yeah. Um, Butters massive, isn't it? Yeah, if he, yeah. Hopefully he comes back. Hey, just talking on that now, I've, we've had this discussion. I mean, you played a lot of fullback and defensive. I played there for a short while. I, I just keep looking at, Sam Taylor. Oh, wonderful player. Should yeah. have got votes. Well, Mark Bickley, if you're listening, Bix, he gave Brody Smith a vote. Jared Healy rang me from Melbourne, absolutely <laughs> said, tell Mark Bickley to get it. Bix is normally a very good judge. Yeah. He'll be listening. But he also gave Kelly, I thought, was really good, and Toby Green was good. Well, but Sam Taylor was un- outstanding. Just listen a little bit later to my Kia top seven. Ooh. And I'm going to say something about Josh Kelly and what the Adelaide Crows should have done. Oh, yeah. How how important a key defender, Bloody? How important? Sam Taylor. Just take him. I mean, Darcy Moore. Darcy Moore. Mate, I'm Harris t- Andrews. Correct. Uh, Aaliyah Aaliyah is a very good one. Stephen May's already played in the Premiership side. They're all good, aren't they? Can I tell you something? This is I've always said this, and I probably haven't said it for ages, but. Ben Hart was one of my favourite players and everyone's favourite players because he could actually play in the tools, the small. You didn't have to worry. Whatever happened, Ben gave his best every time. Brilliant with the ball. I'm telling you, if I had someone like Ben Hart at the Geelong Football Club when I was there, we had some really good toilers. But no one with that great defender category. Really beaten, was he? Yeah, really. And, and could attack as well. Yeah, and could attack. Oh, no, no, he was a beautiful kick. So I've always said just that one great wow. defender at Geelong, might have won one, two or three. And that's what you need, David. Every premiership team will have one great defender and you win multiple with two. Multiple with two. You know, we talk about Nick Dacos. uh, He's as good as I've seen. But Ben Hart, All-Australian in his first two years at 18, 19. exactly. He's incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Taylor's game on Taylor Walker. And I ask you the question about Taylor Walker. I think we spoke about it last week. Adelaide far too reliant. If if Tex plays well, they... They generally win. If he doesn't play well, they don't. Didn't touch it after halftime. Don't you need a bit? One of the problems in now, I, I think this is right. I heard this today. That's the fifth time Adelaide have got beaten when leading at three-quarter three quarter time. time. It's not a stat well, you really Well, twice against Collingwood, I can yeah. recall, uh, GWS. last week. GWS round one. Yeah. Might have been Gold Coast or something. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, that's too many, isn't it? When you... So, and this is this is where it's always interesting in the coach's seat, right? Now, you're sitting in the coach's seat. You've been good enough to work it all out for three quarters of the game. Three quarters of the game. And you're leading at three-quarter time against good opposition. So, you've lost... They're doing a lot right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. What you need to do is, is when you sit in the coach's box, I've been there a hundred times. If you sit on your hands... Sometimes you win. Protecting a lead, you yeah, sometimes, to... sometimes you lose. But I'll guarantee you something. If you do nothing, you probably get nothing. Oh. Because as soon as the scoreboard kicks over, once there were two goals kicked from the opposition, David, this is my rule, I started looking. I started looking around the ground to see what I could do to help the players on the ground. They, they can't see from above. And I don't reckon you can see the game there from the ground. You can do all the cuddling you like. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But you need the eyes up the top to actually say, hey, I reckon we've lost it. They've gone through this half forward flank twice now. We're going to have to swap them over. You know, you just need to put your thinking cap on. If you let it go, sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. But if you do nothing, 
you get nothing. Yeah, they got nothing out of there. I think 13 inside 50s for a point. Are they a little bit puffed, some of the kids? Oh, there's no doubt about that. They're still a, that's why I, I just divide everything by two. They're still a young team. And I, I still think eight to ten wins, hopefully, hopefully they could. I had a look at their draw today. The next three rounds, they've got to play Port Adelaide. Melbourne, oh, Melbourne this M- week. Melbourne this week. Port. Port, Gold Coast and Brisbane. So it's not it's not a gimme, you is know, it? You know, they were fifth. Had they won the game? Yeah. If butts and candy nuts, but had they won the game, they're fifth. Now yeah. they're twelfth. I see. If they, I think I said it the other night, if if they could get even to eleven wins, you know, fifty fifty year, oh, it's a nice start. You take that start of the year. year, of course you would. I'm a bit disappointed. A lot of rumblings around. Is Nick's the right man? Um, they're all. Everyone's a coach now. What they could have done. What they. Should. It's all right for you to have an opinion, but the man in the street think they they know better than Matthew Nick. So, if Crows finish with 11 wins, I think it's been a remarkable year from where they started. Exactly. And what they've done, uh, some of the younger players are going to get some gains. As you said, I think you're right. To, to, to play a full, you know, to play a full season, Nick Dacos is playing, you know. In a good side too. In a, in a really, really good side. good side. So that actually helps when you're younger. That absolutely helps. I'll guarantee you. Okay, we'll come back to that. Uh, Dwayne Russell on talking all things footy and Brett Phillips on Wimbledon. But let's go to Sam Fantasia. Thanks to Booper. Switch to Booper. CanStar's outstanding value health insurance for 2022. Hi, Sam. Hello, Malcolm. Hello, David. Hello, Hello. Sam. Good to be here. I'm sorry, Malcolm, first. I'll introduce you. I was looking at Malcolm. Okay. Sorry. All right. Always told when someone speaks to you, you look at them. I do, yeah. I was told that. And when you toast a drink... Clink glass, you look him in the eye. Don't yeah, look oh, away. I couldn't agree more. All right. All right, David, I've got an injury update for you. Thank as you, I Sam. Stare you deep into your soul. Uh, Darcy Burn Jones will miss this week's game against the Magpies after being concussed in the game against Carlton. Zach Butters will be touch and go. Here's mm. Ken Hinckley talking about if Butter was subbed off just as a precaution. Yeah, well, I hope so. He's a little bit sore in the groin, but that's all. I don't, don't you know, he was sore just before half time, and, you know, we'd lost Darcy with concussion. So we, um, you know, Zach was out there for a bit longer in the third, but in the end it was just more around, you know, he, he couldn't move at his best and you can't play AFL football no matter how good you are. And Zach's very, very good. It's a very hard game to play if you've not got any movement. Two, posi- uh, two possessions, third quarter. Groin's hard to get over in a week, oh. though. I hope it's not that osteitis pubis. Uh, oh. Hopefully be... just a precaution. Oh. Uh, Willie Rioli will come back after missing last week to travel to the Tiwi Island, Islands to be with his family to mark the one-year anniversary of his father's passing. Charlie Dixon ankle, Jason Horn francis with a back issue are in the mix to come in. Uh, also on the Crows front, let's hear what Matthew Nix had to say on Rory Laird and Lockie Murphy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Murph's, Murph's fine and Laird's um, Laird okay, um, but he took a knock, I think a, a bit sore through the AC joint, so um, that'll be a monitor and see how he pulls up. But again, he came back out and was able to sort of finish the game. I thought he battled all day for us today. Now, uh, um, early... But yeah, we'll keep a close eye on that one. Earlier today, Rory Laird was on Kim on the Roach speaking about his AC joint. He denied reports that he was in the hospital, but apparently people have seen him there. Let's hear what Rory had to say. Rory, we're very concerned when you went out with that shoulder. Mm. How is it, the AC yep. joint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's pretty tender today. It's been a imagine um, a long sort of thirty six hours, and um, but better than I first expected. So, um, you know, I'll just sort of um, go day by day with it. Uh, Have you had scans? How it feels and ah, uh, no, no. Oh, okay. So it's more just there's a bit of swelling on it, yeah. um, but they were pretty confident with it and. 
I was actually able to get back in there and yeah. the start of the fourth and play the whole fourth quarter with, uh, with no awareness of it. So, um, yeah, so should should be sort, uh, sort of on the, the positive side a bit more this week. That was an injury update. Thanks to Bupa. Join almost 4 million Australians and prepare for life with Bupa because life happens. Rory Laird, all-Australian halfbacker, been very confident in the midfield. Is he the right bloke going forward? With the way he's used, the, I, I've never seen. He gets the ball he's quickly to boot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. You I know, I mean, I, it just I'd love him to use his legs more rather than that quick kick. Crows all the need time. to find a couple more like, midfielders. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that, Sam. Uh, all thanks to Kia, official part of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023 starts. You'll hear all that on SCN coming up shortly. Dwayne Russell, Brett Phillips, and Blighty's top seven. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Malcolm Blight, David Wildey, Sports Day Sale. Thanks to Kia. The Kia Sorento is out. Award-winning seven-seater, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. That starts too. Can't wait for the FIFA Women's World Cup has arrived in Adelaide. Uh, Tartania, Tartania, visit fifa.com slash tickets. Bloody, your top seven. Yeah, here we go in the Kia top seven. Number seven is Josh Kelly. The reason being, he got seven votes in the coaches' votes, which we'll do a bit later. I thought he should have, and we talked about him, he only got six kicks last week. and Lowest possessions ever. ever. I thought it was a job for Ben Keyes to sit on him yeah. and take a really good player out. I said it before the game, when he's down, keep him down. Yeah, he was he was uh, in the top three in the ground, no doubt about that. There yeah, I, uh, maybe a bit surprising. Key's got the motor to go with Kelly. Yeah, yeah, I would have I would have played him. Anyhow, I did say it beforehand. Uh, number six in the Kia top six, seven, <laughs> seven, six it's, now. There's six games to go, David. Have you got the idea so far? How years? How quickly has yeah. the year gone? And, uh, Kia five, top five. Tom Hawkins kicked five goals most on the weekend. Great play. Is that the most? Was it? Yeah, five. Yeah, five. Yeah, Petrarca got four. Yep. Number four in the Kia top seven is fourth in the coaches' votes. My favourite, Lockie Neal, sitting on 70 votes. I, I'll say it right here now. I'll be staggered if Dacos doesn't win and maybe win by a margin, bloody. Okay, well. yeah. Well, He'll the, join I, you. He'll join you as one of the Brownlow medalists. Yeah, yeah. Apparently there's a few around. Oh, there's a lot around. It's only one a year, mainly. Actually, I was thinking about the day because I'm doing a... Um, Show at North Adelaide. North Adelaide have won their share McGarry medalists in the last yeah, 40 years. Yeah, yeah. They won 25%. Yeah, I know. One in four. But what I'm saying is 10 teams, what, play 30 players each year? Yeah. One in 300. Yeah, I know. Quite right. You won one? Yeah, I won one of those. A key of the top seven, I've got number three here now. I want to go for the guy that captained the GWS in the win, kicked three goals against the Crows, Toby, Toby Green. Green. And also number two, Sydney Western Bulldogs on Thursday night. Number two in the Kia Top 7 is Sydney because they won by two points, David. They did. And you, yep. Number one? Number one, guess what, on Friday night. Melbourne defeated Brisbane by one point. What odds that? Thursday, two points. Friday, one point. I reckon it'd be about... Uh, million to one? Oh, probably... Under a thousand to one? Less than one. But whatever you do, you win some, you lose some. Please gamble responsibly. Yeah, my, uh, my top, I'm only going to have one, Alcaraz Djokovic. Alcaraz is the num- world number one, and he beat former world number one, Novak Djokovic. One of the great games, too. Oh, and, uh, yeah. We're going to speak with Brett Phillips, 
uh, shortly about that. And also Dwayne Russell talking all things AFL. I wonder what Dwayne thinks about Collingwood, Adelaide and Port Adelaide. Malcolm Blight, David Wildey. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter... Yeah, Sports Day SA, Markham Blight and David Wildy, Dwayne Russell not far away, but time now for Lost in the Wash, thanks to the Toolkit Depot. Malcolm, you listen to this, you can gear up for winter at Toolkit Depot, huge range of outdoor power equipment. I know what you like on the tools and winter workwear. So, uh, yep, Malcolm Blight, Toolkit Depot. Coaches votes. Any yeah. surprises? Yep, we're going to go to Adelaide, Greater Western Sydney first. Sam Taylor got the 10, as I mentioned. Josh Kelly, 7, that I mentioned in the Kia Top 7. Should have been sat upon. Toby Green, the skipper, who also mentioned, got 6 votes. Jordan Dawson was apparently best for Adelaide. I'd love to know, I'd love to know how he got the 4 votes. Was that one coach giving to him? Was it 2 and 2 or 1 and 3? Don't know. Stephen Coniglio got 2 and Lockie Whitfield got 1 in that particular game, David. Now, yeah, Canigle only had six possessions, eight to half, half time. Had a really good second half, though, didn't he? Nothing. Mm. Yep. Okay. Now, the Carlton Port Adelaide game. Oh, Jack Silvani, this is the best game I think I've seen him play. Yeah, he was, was really, terrific. Really good. Patrick Cripps back to his best. Port had one player in the top uh, three. Dan Houston got 40, six votes. 41 possessions. Yeah. Probably gets a vote. Tom DeConning got two for Carlton. Charlie Kerno, two. And Nicholas Newman. Got two, David. Yeah, half back. Just quietly, too. Well, not quietly, but loudly. We're live from SN's SA studio, Lumo SA, 1 King William Street. You can come past and wave. And powered by Lumo Energy SA, switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. We've had four or five people wave today, David. You've been reading. Mainly at you. Uh, yeah. Mainly at well, you. I, th- I thought it was shared. Yeah, okay. I thought it was shared. And Sam here is alongside us. Sydney Western Bulldogs came. Marcus Bontemtelli got the 10. Could yeah. he win a Brownlow? Of course he could. He's a lovely player. They haven't won enough games, have they? Yeah, of course they can. He could get the lot. Who's going to take him off him? How many games you win when you won the McGarry? Uh, Woodville. Oh, six or something. But I got six best on grounds. Okay. Errol Gordon <laughs> got eight for Sydney and the Western Bulldogs. Uh, Papley got four because he was good. Now, Melbourne played Brisbane. A Max Gorn without Brody Grundy, David. Yeah. He got 10 votes. And Petrarca playing in the forward line. He's one midfielder can go forward and he keep four beautiful goals. Does Grundy come back? No. Not this week. I don't think so. No, I don't think so at all. See, Blake's on a million bucks and uh, can't get a game at well, Melbourne. Well, aren't Collingwood still paying some of it? Yeah, they are, but that, that to me is... Here we go. Collingwood Fremantle. This is the... Big... Taylor Adams got best with nine. Nick Dacos, eight. Josh, Josh Dacos got four. How good a year is he having, too, with the brother? Been overshadowed a little bit, but he's played well. Darcy Moore got three. Dugowie, Elliott, two each. And Brandon Maynard, who, who's a really good player, and he's aggressive and loves it. And... What odds two brothers getting both All-Australian? Uh, that's a really good question. Dacos could get the wing, I, and Nick could be in the I anywhere. If, I wonder if Justin Madden and Simon Madden got back way back Ooh. when. They'd be two that I'd think I think of. Eric Goulden could be a winger, too, in the All-Australian. Yes, he could, too. Now, Gold Coast played St Kilda. Gold Coast won all the drama of the week, all the drama. Stephen King coached one game of football, the former Geelong player. He has one win. Noah Anderson got 10. Rory Atkins, the ex-Adelaide player, Best got game six. he's played for him. Sam Flanders, I thought, played really well as a youngster. Jared Witts, isn't he a, isn't he a toiler? Will Power and Jack Lacocious. 
That's all the votes. Yep. Did you say the West Coast Richmond or? Not yet. Daniel Rioli got him there and James Warple got him between North Melbourne and Hawthorne. Tom Stewart between uh, Geelong and Essendon. And I just want to count one other. Carl Amon also for Hawthorne got eight. Well done, Malcolm Blight. It is 6.33. Okay, time now to speak tennis with Brett Phillips. Thanks to Stan Sport and Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, tennis. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Well, our next guest is certainly burning the candle both ends, both of football and tennis, but gee, wasn't the tennis great, Blighty? And uh, Alcaraz and uh, Djokovic wow. played in windy conditions, one of the great finals, one of the, mm. considering Alcaraz loses the first set 6 1. Brett, what a game, and uh, at 6 1, I was just hoping the young fella could stay in the match. Not only stayed in the match, he ended up winning it. Oh, look incredible, uh, gents! And uh, I, I just, I just made sure overnight I didn't get into the horizontal position because I would have missed it. <laughs> so I stayed, I stayed upright. I paced around the, the house. You know, you just replenish with uh, a few different things to to keep you going because there were so many twists and turns and momentum shifts. And you know, you sit there at the end of the first sort of half hour. There's a little murmuring around the crowd. Okay, gee, we've been here before. Djokovic off to a flyer and he sets the tone. Great front runner. But as he did at the French, um, Elkarez just worked his way into the match. You know, he started to problem solve. He started to get things on his terms. But gee, he, he was so close to going down two sets to love. Saved a couple of set points. And once he was a set apiece, Crab was in his hip pocket, uh, wanting him to win. And then the third set, if anyone hadn't seen that, they would just think, gee, Carlos must have absolutely blitzed Djokovic 6-1. But the, the matches were long. There was a 26-minute game midway through. I think there were 13 juices. So these games went for quite a while. We knew there would be a response from Djokovic. We got that in the fourth. And then it was probably Carlos running on top of the ground a little bit more in that last set as Novak just started to fade a bit. He made a, a few uncustomary errors, particularly off the backhand that he wouldn't normally make. And he was stretched to all corners by Alcaraz. I mean, as Rod, I've just been listening to Novak and his presser from overnight. And uh, he made the comment that, you know, Alcaraz has got a bit of him. He's got a bit of Roger. And he's got a bit of Rafa. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> put all that together. This is, this is a fabulous, fabulous player who uh, I don't know what he's going to end up with uh, numbers-wise. It could be scary. Who knows what the competition around him is going to be like. Let's hope he and Djokovic play a bit more while Novak's still at his peak and around the top. And it was just a beauty. Unbelievable power Alcaraz possesses. The importance of that second set, Brett. Look, Djokovic, I would have thought all over he wins that when he gets that set point up. But Alcaraz, to his credit, he ended up winning it and and that saved the game. But important, wasn't it? Yeah, it it really was. And you're right. I mean, in terms of the power, I mean, he's four hands up around can get up around 160 k's per hour, just blitzes through the court. Then he's, you know, he's got this beautiful uh, net game, slices really well, and he uses the drop shot, which has been his real DNA, and he disguises that so well. So he's just this really complete player, and he's got the temperament to match, never believes he's uh, out of a match. So he's got a bit of that, you know, that Nadal sort of Spanish bull about him, mm. and he's got the beautiful sort of guile and touch of Federer, and can really crank up the firepower like Federer when he was at his peak winning Wimbledon after Wimbledon when he would just send that beautiful cross-court forehand, you know, at rocket speed. And 
Yeah, look, it's uh, it's scary what he's uh, going to become. But you know, tennis probably needed it. Um, I've enjoyed the big three, and I, I still want them to achieve Djokovic and Nadal if he does come back. But yeah, Alcaraz uh, just you know just, just illustrating again that men's men's tennis is in really good hands. Brett, if I, if I could got some words that you said when you talked about this guy, Carlos Alcaraz, coming through the junior grade, you said he was the most complete player you've seen coming mm. up and you nominated him a long way out. I mean, what, what? I mean, I know he's won two now, two majors and all that stuff, but it must have been something different. You've been watching a lot of tennis and a lot of great players. Just what, what made him better? You know, I think the key to any successful idea is uh, you've got to have variety. You've got to have so many different um, things in your kit bag that you can go to. I mean, a lot of a lot of coaches will just teach players, you know, just hit balls, hit balls, and it's very up and down. And it's, you know, they, they, they struggle to get out of. They struggle to have a plan B. They struggle to adapt. Uh, whereas he and he was first, yeah, alluded to me at the age of fourteen. I got told in my ear, look out for this Alcaraz kid. So you start watching ITF and Challenger tournaments, and then Juan Carlos Ferreira gets involved. The best movies ever made, and and he has just got all the all the qualities you need on a tennis court in high pressure environments because you've got to change grip sometimes. You've got to you've got to come up with the right shot to execute, and he can just go to so many different things. Whereas some players. They really get exposed, and and they're so methodically sort of trained at a young age. They they struggle to adapt, and they yeah. can't sort of find different ways to win. Whereas he can find different ways to win. So there's just got he's just got all those champion qualities. You talk about his uh, massive forehand, his backhand's unbelievable too. The power there. I don't think I've ever seen Djokovic in certain games and certain points overpowered like that. Not even he could get there. He covers the line so well. Djokovic, but um, when you're hitting it, you know, a few centimetres inside the line at pace, not even the great man, the Joker, can mm. get there. No, and look, Novak made reference um, that, uh, yeah, his backhand <laughs> was uh, was very similar to his. Yeah, the two-hander, uh, great control, just great accuracy, and, and yeah, you know, to find those gaps and, uh, and to execute the power, yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, what, what more can I say? I mean, there's just so many superlatives associated with Carlos Alcaraz. And then it's just, it's the humility. It's the humbleness. Uh, you know, you, you're in his presence and he makes you feel like a million dollars if you're taking a photo of him or you, he's, he's signing an autograph for you. Uh, he's just, he's just, he just embraces everything around him so well. You know, a great team, great family. And he's got a younger brother who was sitting in the stands last night, young Jamie. He's already playing in the 12 and under championships uh, back oh. in Spain, apparently. He's pretty good too, so there might be another one coming. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, wouldn't that be great one day if they play got doubles. to against... No, they'd play in a Sam slam against each other. <laughs> hey, just, just in, yeah. in closing, mate, Marquita Vonda Rusova. You, you say it better than me. Uh, it was a classy yeah. win to beat on Javert. Oh, look, it was a beauty. I mean, you couldn't have predicted it four years ago. 19-year-old finalist to Ash Barty at the French. Tough period through COVID, 12 months ago, uh, wrist in plaster, didn't play Wimbledon, uh, ranking had slipped. We knew she was better than 42 in the world when we came in. But sometimes you just get on a roll in sport, don't you, Bloody? You know yeah. you've been there and you know that whether you're coaching a team or uh, you, you know, you just you knock off one seat or one good team and you, you take another scalp and the confidence builds and, you, and all of a sudden she was in the final and she just executed really well on... Look, had her chances up at, what, a break in both sets. 
just sort of didn't play the pressure moments that well, maybe got a bit uh, anxious and just missed, not much, but just missed enough to, you know, see you behind the eight ball. And, yeah, she's up to 10 in the world, uh, Von Drosova now. is another check. The Czechs, 9 million people, they keep producing good yeah, yeah, female yeah. tennis players. Brett, uh, great coverage too, and uh, no, no doubt we'll be talking US Open. When, when's US Open? Is that um, September or? Yeah, late August. 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 Late August yeah. uh, into early September, yeah. We're on the, on the road to New York now for the next uh, yeah, six weeks or so. So a bit of grass and clay and then on to the, the hard courts over and, in, uh, in the US of A. Yeah, it's so hard to yeah. see that Alcaraz and Djokovic won't meet up again, both yeah. magnificent hard court players too. Yeah. And it's time to get a bit of sleep uh, for you, mate. Yeah, Djokovic wants that. He's desperate. He wants uh, revenge quickly in the next <laughs> slam. So let's, let's hope we get it. <laughs> Great stuff, Brett. Well done, mate. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's um, Alcaraz. Uh, it was just we're seeing the the dawning of a, a new superstar. I mean, yeah. Djokovic is one of my favourites. And yeah. arguably, well, he's not arguably, he's probably the greatest now, but... Here's a kid at 20, got beaten 6-1 in the first set. Yeah, I know. 6-1. That's right. And uh, I'm thinking, gee, hope, hopefully he's got a game, but yeah. uh, to You know, to the win. Thing, when I was watching that, I thought, oh, hang on, this guys he's already won the US Open. So he, he, he actually, won that last yeah, year, yeah. He actually gets it. He actually gets what happens at the pointy end. And he makes, yeah. and he's made the um, final of the French Open as well, Alcaraz. Yeah. Got beaten by Djokovic. They meet again a month later, and he turns the tables. It's, I love what Brett said about his variety. You know, if it's not quite working, because all these get taken apart as players, mate. You've got to have some variety in your game. It's it's a bit like, you know, we talk in footy. Have some variety occasionally. Well, it's a bit like you. You had the power and also the touch, Blighty. That's what he's saying. He had everything. Well, another man that's got the touch to is Dwayne Russell for tyre power. Winter safety sale now on. 25% off equivalent with four for three on selected Falcon tyres. Tyre power. Get your free five-minute safety check. Some strange results over the weekend. Not the, it wasn't strange that Port got beaten, but to be beaten by eight or yeah. nine goals was. And, and Collingwood, again, just to me, I think they are the clear favourite. Let's welcome the man that would know that sees him every week, Dwayne Russell. Hi, Dwayne. David, bloody great to be with you. Where do you, do you, do you think Collingwood now have just pushed ahead of the rest a, a little bit? Well, they, they're going to get every final of the MCG. So that's, they've got that advantage coming to them, especially if they end up facing a Port Adelaide or a Brisbane Lions, for that matter, if... They have a final at the MCG against one of those or a grand final. They're going to have overwhelming support, especially if it's a, a final outside the grand final where you know 20,000 of the people there are going to be theatre goers and just pick who they barrack for. It's going to be a huge advantage for them. But then again, if they play Melbourne, you know, it's a little bit different as well. I think Melbourne, as you guys know, they're still trying to work their forward line out. Uh, I think we'll get a better idea of where Port Adelaide really is against Collingwood this coming Friday night, so that'll be good for us all. Or Saturday night, so that'll be good for us all to to find out in truth what Port Adelaide is like in comparison to Collingwood, even though it's going to be a little bit different because it's an Adelaide Oval game. I think Brisbane's still a contender. I think they're genuinely a contender because I think they've got enough talent. Their kids are really good. Uh, They're mature guys. Sometimes they're a bit up and down, but I think they're pretty good as well. Yeah, they didn't beat Melbourne at the MCG, but they went damn close. They should have, yeah. Whether you want to read into that as good or bad. So, no, I think there's a few contenders. Collingwood could lose a player with injury or two. You know, things are going really well for Collingwood at the moment, but... Uh, the grand final is tomorrow. Uh, it'll be fantastic for him, but there's still a few months of footy to play out. How much get, how much better can Nick Dacos get? We're talking second season, Dwayne, but he, he's doing it yeah. all now. Uh, he's unbelievable. Reminds me, he's got vision like Scott Pendlebury, but he's got a few other weapons too. He's an amazing kid. Yeah, do you think this not having PlayStation uh, in your lounge room for <laughs> seven hours a day and just going out and kicking the footy 
uh, both sides of your body. Do you think that'll catch on with kids of the current generation? <laughs> hey, I've just got a footy in my hand all day, every day, and uh, I'm using both sides of my body, and uh, this is what I want to do as my craft and my full-time job. you reckon that'll catch on? Dwayne, I, I know, I know it did with you, and it certainly did with me, and Carry probably and same with you, David. Yeah. I mean, you just you live with a footy in your bedroom, Sleep nearly. With it. Yeah, almost. So yeah, I, I get that. But he's had a father and a brother would have been fantastic in the backyard, chick train all their tricks in the ground, wouldn't it? Amazing skills, terrific. Hey, Dwayne, just a quick one: the Western Bulldogs. I know there's a bit of bit of talk in Melbourne and, and round. That, that I've just had a look; they play the Giants, Richmond, Hawthorne, West Coast, and Geelong. So they've got a fair run home. Can they make it, do you think? Well, I think St Kilda's the most vulnerable, and yet St Kilda's got a you know, relatively kind draw as well. Um, they can, yeah. but at the same time, how much damage are they going to do when they get in there? Um, their forward line, if you've got a forward like, or well, even Todd Marshall missed a few on the weekend, so bad example, but if you've got a forward that kicks straight a lot of the time, it's a hell of a lot better than, you know, Jamara's still a bit iffy in front of goal. So Aaron Norton's iffy in front yeah, of goal. Yeah. So if you get them on a day on, then they could kick straight and they could beat the best of teams. But if all of a sudden things go wrong, Fremantle quite a few years ago in a grand final just couldn't get it right in front of goal and probably, you know, almost lost the grand final because of their bad kicking. So it depends on which Western Bulldogs turn up. Their midfield's great. I mean, Bottom Pelly outside of yeah. Nick Dacos is probably the best player in the comp outside of Zach Butters and Nick Dacos. Uh, the, the clearance beast that is... Tom Libertore is just, it's crazy how hard he fights for every little morsel that he can get clearance-wise. So they've got a pretty good starting square, you know, threesome when you count that English is probably on track to be all-Australian ruckman as well. So they've got enough there. I don't know about their back line, whether that's going to be strong enough against the good opponents. But forward of the ball, they should be kicking more scores than they do. We spoke about Port Adelaide, Dwayne, at, at the top of the show, and um, we're talking about Tom Jonas and, and Boke and Footy Ken pass people by very quickly. Dixon's probably the other one, that, but they need him up front. Where do you see Port? And, and what do you do with a, a Tom Jonas and, to a lesser extent, Travis Boke? Well, who else have they got when it comes to Jonas or another key position player? How long is McKenzie going to be out for? Um, that's the other thing. Is he? If you go, if, can you protect him a little bit when it comes to the defence? Because it's hard because you, you're kind of dictated to as a defender these days as to where you go and where you're taken. So... They probably can't predict, protect him as much as they would like to, but I, I still think they've got to play him with McKenzie out because I'm not. I don't watch the sample. Have you guys got an idea? No, of the, no. Who could, would be next up if you didn't play him? Collingwood don't have a, a massive forward line. They've got Bergwin playing no. tall, Burton plays tall, and Aaliyah. So um, look, I, I hope he gets another crack at it, you know, and plays well. But he just looked totally out of it last week. And when you think about the forward lines that Port might be coming up against as well, so you mentioned Collingwood, it's not necessarily the best forward line to cop, and yet they tend to get the job done. It's a makeshift forward line. And Melbourne's the same. They're trying to work their forward line out. So if all of a sudden there's not a match-up for a taller guy like Tom Jonas, you might be able to leave him out completely and just play a smaller uh, lot of guys in that forward line. That's the other thing. You've got an option as to you know, how you measure up against other teams. So... And the showdown the week after, well, Thilthorpe's not in the best of form either. Um, so that's, that's the other thing that Adelaide's trying to work out, their forward line going forward if Thilthorpe doesn't fill that role. So maybe you can take a chance on not putting a taller guy on Thilthorpe that next week after. Geelong's going to be the hard one because if you've got Jeremy Cameron, and that's who the Port play the week after Adelaide, um, Geelong are flying when it comes to their forward line. Tom Hawkins, Jeremy Cameron, they're almost unstoppable when they're the, the two keys. 
disappointing loss by Adelaide. I mean, they've lost three of their last four when they're in that position. But I think I've heard today that they've lost games five times while leading reasonably comfortably at three-quarter time. And they've got what we think is the best fitness guy on the land, Darren Burgess. So how do you actually work that out? What, what is it? Is it just their, is it their main players go missing a bit when it comes to the crunch? The defence of the Giants is probably a bit underrated. Sam Taylor's arguably yeah, beautiful. the best defender in the comp. I mean, we could talk about Alia Alia and Darcy yeah. Moore and, and, and May and Lever at Melbourne, but uh, Sam Taylor's just a, an absolute dream to have as a player. And what he did to Tex after quarter time was ridiculously good. So, yeah, I'm I'm a bit worried about Adelaide's depth as well. So, you know, when when some of their key guys, when Rochelle sort of loses the plot, can't get the ball, when Rankin has a night off, um, yeah, what have they got to bring in? So, um, yeah, I don't know if their list is good enough to play finals this year, but if it's not good enough to play finals this year, will it be any better next year if Sloan and Tex are a year older and, and Riley Philthorpe doesn't kick on? to become the next big guy forward. So where are they at long-term, not just short-term, is, a, is yeah. an issue I think that Adelaide's got to address. I think a few of their kids are running out of puff. Just on Adam Kingsley, Dwayne, what a magnificent job he's done with the Giants. They won five on the trot. They've got structure. They're kicking more goals. I like the way they're playing their footy. But, you know, after perhaps a tough start, he's done some great stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. 100% spot on. And the Well, they've won more games than last year already. They finished 16th last year so what he's been able to do this year given that his new coach and we hear from new coaches quite a bit oh it's going to take me a couple of months to get the game plan bedded in and uh he's actually been able to mold that team pretty well he's got a great defense i think he's got what he's got in the midfield or what he's got in general is the gold coast don't have they the gold coast have been in the comp one year longer than the giants and yet they've only got one 200 game at david swallow the rest of those guys have kind of departed or can't get a game that they've chosen in the draft. The Giants have got four. There's about to be five 200-game players that are stuck around. Whitfield, Kelly, Green. Haynes is on the verge of 200 games, even though he's not playing at the moment. So they've got a really good core of players as well, a core senior group who are pretty damn reliable. Cornelio had a bad year, but they're all really reliable right now. And Toby Green's up there with the best players in the comp. Yeah. Hey, just uh, I want to give Craig McRae a medal for changing the way the game's approached, that we do get teams now taking it on through the middle. They, uh, he's trying to... No kicking backwards. I mean, it, it has been just so refreshing. I can't believe I'm actually barracking for Collingwood. It's quite sickening when you think about it. But <laughs> but, but, but it's just... It makes the game so much better for the fans, for the players. That you can see they're enjoying their footy, Dwayne. Now, you know, you were coached by some very good coaches, obviously, and that was the way the game was played then. It's great to see this coming back, and there's some others now following him. Yeah, and look, I mean, I've praised you probably enough for for people listening to this channel, Blighty, but I think that aggressive, we're going to score, we're going to kick a big number, uh, I'm backing you to attack kind of approach is something that, you know, it builds belief in your own ability to be the best you can possibly be as opposed to, Here's the game plan. You've got to be stodgy. You can't actually use your full repertoire of your own skill set because we're going ultra-defensive. But it did, it did date back to that era too, Blighty. I think, you know, even John Cale, to me, he, he was a... Well, I shouldn't call him a used car salesman, but he sold you to yourself. Yes. So yes. he made you believe you yep. could be a really good player. Yep. And that was the essence of the greatness of his coaching. And I think that's what Craig McRae kind of does. He looks at all of his players and says... How can I make you feel great about yourself and how can I 
allow you to be the best you can be. And it's with this game plan that people just want to get out there and play. It's a, it's a delight, Blighty. You're spot on, and it's a beautiful thing. Let's hope it, well, if it wins the flag this year, it might catch on as well, which would be great. Just yep. in 30 seconds, Dwayne, you've both got a Geelong relationship. Any chance for the Cats, if they finish, you know, six, seven, eight, or even five, of going all the way? Yes, for me, um, because they'll get all their home finals at the MCG, the way they're going. If they finish fifth or sixth, uh, they might get lucky and get home finals all the way. And if they do have to travel, if they've got a full-strength team, uh, they're going to be pretty damn good. They are the reigning premiers. Yeah, great yeah, stuff. I, I couldn't agree more. I, yeah, they'd be dangerous to play. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, always good to talk to you guys any, any time. Thanks, Dwayne. Dwayne Russell there. Yep, knows everything about uh, footy and summed it up pretty well. Bloody, that's it for us. <laughs> Another big night. We spoke about Port Adelaide. Um, what do they do with Tom Jonas, Travis Boak and, and the like? Crows, maybe a little bit tired, a little bit puffed out. And, and Alcaraz. Alcaraz and Djokovic with BP. Unbelievable. Have a great night. I'll see you tomorrow between 6 and 7. Bye for now. Bye, David. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.